Recording live from a room somewhere in Chicago. You're listening to Small Fish Radio Theater in Thespinarium's approximately 20-minute variety hour. We're your hosts, Joy Thorbjornson Coates. And Green. We're sharing the podcast waves with Miss Kitten, Sharon Phillips, Mark Cater, and special guest Stanisław Lucian Pietrusz Winiarski. What? But you can call me Stan. Who is this? And what has he done with Herzobi? Not sure. Just roll with it. He could be CIA. <gasps> Welcome to the show, Stan. Happy to be here. Hopefully you won't change your mind about that once you've spent some time with, you know, her. Her? That one with the headphones and, and the just, hair. Just don't hurt her. She means well. She really does. All right. All right. We're ready, right? And we'll kick things off with This Week in Collective Anxiety, sharing the angst to make it a little less angsty. This week, the downfall of our democracy via nuclear annihilation. You know, Stan, why don't you say that? Nuclear annihilation. Have some fun with it. Nuclear annihilation. Nuclear annihilation. Nuclear annihilation. Oh, yes. Oh, nice. Very good. Anyway, yeah, there's nuclear annihilation, but... But what? The North Pole is moving east. The magnetic North Pole, that is. Not the geographic North Pole. That's still in the same place. You know, I was noticing a disturbance in the force. Me too. They say the poles might even flip. Oh, Hey, Stan, <laughs> hear that? The poles might even flip. <laughs> you see, it's like this. The magnetic poles have shifted before. The last pole flip was about 780,000 years ago, so another is long overdue. What? Cool. That could leave us without a magnetic shield. I would bet we're at risk for a devastating stream of malevolent cosmic radiation that would wreak havoc. The Earth? It's moving? Always and forever. Oh, yeah. I forgot. The more we cause the Earth to wobble with all this warming and melting of glaciers and redistribution of mass, the more quickly this magnetic pole drifts. What if we all stand really still? No wobbling. Everybody. One, two, three, freeze! Yeah, nice try. Should I get my affairs in order? Oh, there's probably no point. I knew I shouldn't have wasted my time cleaning my sock drawer last week. Mm, maybe I should get going on that bucket list of mine. That's enough. That's enough. And now, a word from our sponsor. Tired of paying bills? Buying groceries? Dealing with expensive home repairs? Higher education and, God forbid, saving for the future? Weary of spending any money on anything other than things that are fun, interesting, and exciting? Here at Squander Blowdoff and Rash Financial Services, we'll get you enjoying your dollars well before retirement age because, well, how much fun can you really have when you're old, you know? <laughs> Modeled on government systems, we'll assist you in accumulating debt by spending everything you have and everything you don't have in the pursuit of making hay while the sun shines. Squander, blowed off, and rash. After all, you can't take it with you. Hey. You got the number for them? Since the North Pole is moving and we're about to be inundated with a devastating stream of malevolent cosmic uh, radiation, 
You know, just saying. Greetings, fellow travelers on this road that is the ribbon of life winding through and about and around. Today's message of hope and peace should be received as a yoga pose we like to call cleaning the litter box. First, stick your bum in the air. Do not inhale, but hold your breath. Scoop and dance to the commode and dump. Hold the pose while you imagine how much smarter it would have been to have a dog. And exhale. Do this as many times as necessary. Now, I give you Miss Stella with your horoscope. Yo there, I'm Stella with today's word from the stars. This week, forgive yourself for everything you did and didn't do. It's all okay. All those things you did or did not do will be there again next week to haunt you either way you look at it. Even the fact that you resisted the urge to buy cookies at the grocery store will come back to haunt you, usually around 11.30 at night. If there are consequences on the horizon for what is done and not done, well, there's your answer to whatever the question is. And as we inhale and exhale once more, we bid you Namaste. Hey, time for Better Health, where we give you simple guidelines on how not to get sick and keel over. This week, we explore decluttering as a path to a happier, healthier lifestyle getting rid of things that no longer bring you joy. Washing dishes doesn't bring me joy, so I have thrown all of my dishes away, and now I have nothing left to cook with, and I am dang hungry. Another thing that does not bring me joy is cleaning my house, so I sold it. Now I live in my car, and I have no belongings, and, and it's damn depressing. I should never have started because now I have nothing, and I wish I had it all back. Even the books, decluttering, don't bother. The sock drawer will be a mess within a week anyway. Until next time, wash your hands, drink your water, and get your sleep. And now, once upon a Thespinarium, a flash fairy tale to keep you dreaming. Once upon a time, there was an empty page, full of promise. The page longed for thoughts of blue skies, with birds twittering overhead, which would remind it of home. You see, people don't think much about pieces of paper as orphans, longing for their mothers and fathers and the place from whence they came. But that's beside the point. If not visions of home, then, the empty page longed for a life of words and colors and ideas, or whatever would fill the waiting void. Alas, those who could give it life, pens, pencils, markers, crayons, were far across the room, and because paper has no legs, well, you get the picture. The paper waited because paper cannot do much else. By and by, the door opened, and before someone could say squirrel-nut zippers, the page was blown to the floor. It winced as a muddy, dirty, grassy, sandy tennis shoe stepped on it. 
while the taste of the mud and dirt were sweet and reminded the page of home, the page knew all too well that it had been wasted and would soon be in the recycle bin. This increased the risk of being turned into toilet paper or facial tissue, which is no life at all. At least a cocktail napkin has prospects. The downtrodden page took a moment to silently pray for all the pages gone before, all the trees that gave their lives in honor of information, images, numbers, communication, shapes, transactions, contracts, codes, maps, currency, the making of all civilizations were born on the fronts and backs of its ancestors. Suddenly, a child's voice said, Cool footprint and the dirty paper was lifted off the ground and placed onto the desk. A green marker traced the footprint and wet cold paint drew what the page hoped would be flowers and animals and birds and a bright blue sky. Then his cousin Graphite, nestled in the arms of the page's sibling, the pencil, skated across the page as a small verse. Almost immediately, the page was whisked up and run down the stairs. Two hands held the now living page up in the air, saying, Look what I made out of that mud she told me not to track in. What the hell? Is that? Yep. Oh, that's so disgusting. You're a genius. Mom will hate it. Let's put it on the fridge. Use crazy glue. Tons of crazy glue. Last time she'll think my art is scrap paper. And before another word was spoken, the living, breathing page containing a life-affirming but rather distasteful image was glued to the door in the room where the people sit and eat. Still, the door swings back and forth and back and forth quite often, followed by a cool breeze, which reminds the page of home. The moral of today's story is, don't waste paper? I'm not sure. I'm new to this. Is, is that the kind of moral your audience is looking for here? <laughs> it's barely a 20-minute show. Not too much time for deep thoughts. I think it's about not ruining refrigerators. Really? Hello! I'm Alphonse Alphonse. And you're right here on the runway of life in small fish fashion. This week's trending topic, I have to say, is an emergency episode. Because, well, neon. People, people, people. I know the world can be a gloomy, dark, sad place. But the answer is not decking ourselves out in neon, yellow, pink, or orange. Make it stop. <laughs> oh, so... If you see neon, don't touch it. Don't wear it. Run away. This too shall pass. Unless, of course, you're a crossing guard cycling in the dark or a construction worker. <laughs> and now, bad poetry with jokes. Yes, that's right. Bad poetry and jokes. You decide which is which. Today, ahem, <clears throat> a poem by Anonymous. Again. Hey, it's an epic poem to boot. We Come. have less than 20 minutes. Hey, it's a 10 second epic, shall I? Give me that. Hey. Head cold, a thank you note by Anonymous. 
Thank you, person who sneezed on me, on the train without covering their mouth, for the unpaid days I have spent on my couch. Achoo, achoo. <laughs> Next time you're in public and sneeze at someone's face, I hope they attack you with a can of mace. Achoo, achoo. <laughs> That's it? It appears to be. Mm. Uh, Wait, is this supposed to be poetry? I don't get it. Or a joke? You decide which is which. Try this one on for size. A Farewell to Arms is Ernest Hemingway's novel about an American soldier in Italy during World War I. He falls in love with a nurse in the hospital, decides to go AWOL, and to evade the authorities, he rows all night with her in a boat from Italy to Switzerland. Now, his girlfriend was sitting in the stern of the boat, and he was rowing in the middle. At one point, he said, Kath, I love you. She said, pardon? He said, I said, I love you. She still didn't hear him. So he, he removed an oar from the lock, moved up to the stern, and standing there, resumed steering the boat from that position. He said again, I love you. She said, I love you too. But why are you standing there sculling when you can do so much better rowing where you were? He said, You are undoubtedly right. I just sculled to say I love you. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Who would even take time to write a joke that bad on paper? Apparently we would. I thought the moral was not to waste paper. Or time. That was bad poetry with jokes. Tune in next time to find out whether we have finally canceled this segment. Time for Real Lives Of, the show where you get to experience, almost firsthand, some of the weirdest lives on the planet. Today's feature, Professional Apologizers. Hello? Can I help you? No, it's more like, can we help you? You do see the sign here. The permanent one that says no soliciting? I'm not soliciting. I'm here to apologize on behalf of Larry. Come again. Larry desires me to say he is sorry. Huh? Gang, hit it. He's sorry. He's sorry. Didn't mean to break your foot. He's sorry. He's sorry. That's true. But that's not all. He's sorry. He's sorry. Didn't mean to kill your fish, he's sorry, he's sorry, that's true. When you started dating, he didn't know things would get so serious. Your quirky habits and cranky mood was making him delirious. He's sorry, he's sorry, didn't mean to get involved, he's sorry, he's sorry, you're through. He considered that, man, but last time you punched him in the neck, remember? That wasn't nice. If you'd like us to apologize to him for you, we'll offer you a two-for-one deal. Fat chance. If you'll just accept his apology and sign here, we'll be on our way then. No. Lady, we can't get paid if you don't. That ain't my problem. 
And on top of not accepting his apology, you now need to apologize for insulting me. Or we could break your other foot and then you'd think again. How about we just break a window? No, last time we did that, they docked us. If you would just sign here and then we can... If you don't apologize right now, I'm calling the police. So on top of not getting paid, you get arrested for harassment. Oh, not that again. You guys will never get promoted to the corporate level if we get arrested again. Excuse me. Guys, huddle. We're sorry, we're sorry that you are so annoying. We're sorry, we're sorry, that's true. We decided we're quitting. This job is for the birds. Screw Larry, screw sorry, screw you. And there you have it, folks. A job you'll never want. Professional apologizers. It's time once again for arts events we think you should know about. On Wednesday at 2.14 a.m., Artists Anonymous will stand in the middle of the street at an undetermined location and drop invisible cotton balls in traffic. This event is a fundraiser for mayoral candidate number 47. Sunday afternoon, up in the sky, there may be some clouds and they will be formed. If you watch them, it won't cost you anything. Lastly, this evening, in and around the last phone booth known to man, there will be a face-painting BYO cocktail party installation serving exotic drinks and craft beers. Standing room only. Tired of binge watching your favorite shows all by yourself but don't want to leave the house? BingeBots has companions at the ready. Delivered by drone, BingeBots come small enough to fit in your lap and large enough to snuggle on a cold winter night. Available in human, feline, and talking dog models, BingeBots will respond to your reactions, shush you when appropriate, and discuss the show with you afterward. Your binge bot will even recommend what to watch next. Order binge bots, deluxe, and enjoy voice activation of just about anything. Binge bots, taking the lonely out of watching alone. And that's all for this week's Small Fish Radio Theater's 20-Minute Variety Hour. If you like what you heard, head to our website at smallfishradio.com or find us on iTunes. Wherever you go to listen, it's always free. This approximately 20-Minute Variety Hour featured the talents of Mark Cater, Kat Dean, Sharon Phillips, Stan Winiarski, Joy Thobjornson Coates, and MJ Kelly. Directing and sound design by Trina Kakasik. Special thanks to the White Crane Wellness Center for providing rehearsal and recording space. Small Fish Radio Theaters, produced by MJ Kelly and Trina Kakasik. Thanks, thanks for listening! listening.